And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like My First Million. My First Million is hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry. They feature famous guests. They discuss how companies made their first million and then some. They brainstorm new business ideas based on the hottest trends and opportunities in the marketplace. Here are some of the topics they talk about. If you like any of these, you will love the show. Three profitable business ideas that you should start in 2022. Drunk business ideas that could make you millions. Asking the founder of Grammarly how he built a $13 billion company or SaaS companies that anybody can start. If these topics are up your alley, go check out My First Million. Listen to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, my guest is Ari Galper. Ari is the founder and CEO of Unlock the Game. It is the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. He has been featured in CEO Magazine, Forbes, Inc., Sky News, and the Australian Financial Review. As trust becomes the most important currency in the new economy, the act of selling as a dehumanizing process with endless chasing has been completely reinvented and anchored in the timeless values of integrity and trust through trust-based selling. In his best-selling book, Unlock the Sales Game, Ari describes his revolutionary sales approach based on getting to the truth and why having a mindset of focusing on deep trust instead of, quote-unquote, the sale is ironically 10 times more profitable. So we spoke about why trust is lacking in sales and how we can fix it, why traditional sales is broken, how to close more deals and how to make sure they're bigger deals and also how to close them faster. Ari's trust-based selling model is one of the most prolific and impactful sales models you can ever learn. So we're going to unpack that for you. And then lastly, we're going to speak about some of the biggest misconceptions about sales that we need to kill right now. So let's jump right into it. This is Ari Galper. He's CEO of Unlock the Game and is the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. Uh, Well, actually, there's an origin story behind trust-based selling. And I think we'll probably start there. That'll give good context to today's conversation. Uh, about 20 years ago, I was a sales manager in a software company, and we launched the first online website tracking tools. Now they're now called Google Analytics. I'm sure you've heard of that before. And uh, we launched the first one of those years ago. I was managing 18 salespeople at the time, fast-growing business. All the big opportunities, big leads came across my desk. And this one call came in off the website. I got the phone call. Uh, huge opportunity, lots of websites, big international company, recognize the name. Uh, the guy's a really nice guy. We had a great conversation. 
and uh, he wants to he agrees to us having a, a conference call and a live demo show our product. So really excited about this. If I close this one sale, it will double the revenue in one transaction. That's how big it was. So um, the whole team's all pumped up. Give me high fives for the for the meeting. The day finally came Friday, four o'clock in the afternoon, and I closed the door behind me. And I'm in my room, in the conference room of our CEO, and a big long conference table. And on the table is the old school speakerphones. You know the old Star Trek looking three legs on it speakerphones. Yes, I know those very well. <laughs> yep, yep. And I and I hit the dial tone, and speakerphone dial tone came up. Dial the number. My guy picks it up. He's like, "Hey, Ari, how's it going?" I said, "Good, good, good." And uh, so we quickly had a quick chat, and then he says to me, "Ari, let us tell you who's with us in the room today." And I was like, "Oh, didn't realize there'd be someone else there." Next thing I hear is, my name's Chris, I'm CEO. I was like, oh, this is good. My name is Mike, I'm head of global IT. This is amazing, didn't realize they'd all be there. My name is Julian, head of marketing. Amazing, like everyone on this call was basically a decision maker, right? Like, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen today. Like they're all- if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> everyone's right there. You don't have to bring anyone else in, that's all, that's all you need. Exactly, so uh, I introduced myself. We logged in. I gave, started giving a live demo of a product of their stats we collected ahead of time on their website. They logged in and saw as well. It's the first time they're seeing this. And I'm showing it around. And I was hearing these noise on the phone call like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. They start asking me all kinds of questions. How does it work? How do we install it? How do we implement this? I mean, they're, they're, they had all the right kinds of questions. I had all the answers. I was doing my thing in sale. I was overcoming objections nicely a little rapport with them i mean there was so much chemistry on this phone call it was like a love fest on the phone <laughs> I, yeah. i've been on calls like that it just feels like it feels like everything's good you have all the right buying signals like all the everything you're saying is just perfect okay okay so what so what, what yeah. happens? so no resistance i mean it really was a truly an awesome call and the call comes to a close and my guy says to me all right this is great we love it look give us a call a couple weeks follow up with us and we'll move this thing forward. I'm like, great. So I said my goodbyes and um, I took my arm, my hand, and I reached for the speakerphone and hit the off button. As I'm reaching for the off button on the speakerphone, by complete accident, I hit the mute button instead of the off button. And a small click happened and they thought I hung up the phone. In that split second, a voice inside of me said, Ari, go to the dark side, be a fly in the wall. Go where no one's ever gone in the world of sales before and listen in for a couple of seconds. You have nothing to lose. So I pulled my thumb back for a couple of seconds. They started, they thought I hung up the phone and they started talking amongst themselves thinking I left the call. Now, this is not a trick question, but what would you imagine they would sit out after that call like that? What would you expect them to say after a call we just had? Well, I'd expect them to say based on based on what you just said, like that sounds great. Like we have to follow up with them in a week. Like let's figure out how to implement. Let's you know think of anything we didn't think about on the call, but like let's move forward with this. How do we get budget? Whatever the 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 the, the regular next steps for I want I want this in my company right now. Exactly. That's what you, exactly what you expect to have a call like that for sure. But let me share with you what I heard verbatim, word for word. I'll never forget it. It's why we're all here today. Here's what they said. They said we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Knife in heart twist. I was in a state of shock. I could not believe it. And I finally snapped out of it, hit the off button, 
looked at the wall in front of me and said to myself, what did I do wrong? I was competent. I was professional. I wasn't pushy. I did everything I was supposed to do in the book, in the sales books I read at home and in my shelf. I went to the sales guru seminars like you probably went to. I've, I've heard the podcast. I did my due diligence as being good in sales. And here, look what happened to me. Then I asked myself, then I had epiphany actually. That was this, that somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth to people who sell, right? It's okay to say things like, sounds good. Send me information. Oh, wait, we're definitely interested. Wait, send me a what? A quote. Send me a quote. A proposal. Yes, a proposal. We're definitely interested. Without any intention of buying, you spend your entire time chasing and chasing and dysfunctional behavior that's just so dehumanizing when you don't get the truth. And I said to myself, why were they afraid to tell me the truth? Why, why don't you just tell me the truth? I'll be okay with that. And I realized here's what's going on. I realized back then that there is a sort of undercurrent flow of pressure that flows underneath every sales conversation you have with someone in your sales process. Now, you can't see it and they can't see it, but boy, they can feel it. And they're always going to keep their guard up and give you just a few breadcrumbs to keep you interested because they're going to hold back the truth from you because they believe that your intention is to make that sale. And that whole pressure, and I realize if I can figure out a system and a model to craft the code on this and remove the pressure from the process, I can shift people's mindset away from the goal of the sale and instead of build real trust with people. I mean, deep trust where you build what I call moments of vulnerability, where they open up to you and tell you the truth. And that began my whole mindset shift called Unlock the Sales Game 20 years ago, which has now spawned thousands of people who have changed their lives around this. But... We, we teach a whole different way of selling where your goal is not the sale at first. Your goal is deep trust. And we teach people how to do that very effectively. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That That's a problem that as long as you, even though you've been operating this space for a while, the, the trust factor is still something that people have a lot of, of trouble with. And actually, the one thing that you mentioned is like like uncovering the fact that even your customers is lying to you just to get a price or a quote or more information on a product. Like that's like a salesperson's worst nightmare. So, okay. So what's, so that is, that is the issue with sales today. So what is, what is this, what is the ability to build trust? What is that? Why have we not focused on that? Why have we not done it better? Because people have said for the longest time, you have to build trust to be able to sell. So it's not unknown, but it doesn't seem to be done effectively. Correct. Because what's happened is we've been conditioned over the years to pursue and move the sales process forward with our own agenda, which is not their agenda. There's a crisscross happening. It's, it, it's interesting because we're unconsciously aware of this. And also we unconsciously put pressure in the process using the language that we use, the words that we use. And we, we do so many, we, we step on our own toes unconsciously. Think about this. They've got a problem. We got the solution, right? Straight line of sight. What is in the middle of that? Us. We start doing presentations. We start to chase people. We start to get excited. We start to prematurely offer. We do all these things without really building deep trust. Now, I'm not saying that if you're listening to this right now, you're not trustworthy. I'm not talking about your integrity. We're not talking about I can build trust with people. See, what happens is we've mixed the word relationship with trust. And I tell my clients, and here comes a bomb for your listeners, stop building 
relationships with people in your sales process. Because I discovered relationship building and trust building are mutually exclusive, right? Like, here's what we do to build relationships. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Where are you from, really? See, we lay in real thick in the beginning, and they know it's fake. They know it's just sales stuff. They don't want to become your friend anyways. But we're top of the sales gurus. Oh, build relationships. But they aren't real. They're just for the sales process, and they know it. And so they know, they know the game, you see. Trust building is different. It's like a doctor-patient relationship, right? When you go see a doctor, they don't try to become your friend. They don't try to build a relationship with you. In fact, I'm working on a new bumper sticker right now for my clients. You know what it's going to be called? Doctors don't do coffee. Right? <laughs> What, what, yeah. You got to shift your thinking to the doctor mentality. When you go when when you go see a doctor, what's the first thing they say to you? They say, "Where does it hurt?" And you say, "My shoulder bothers me over here." He says, "Let me take a look. Is it over here? Oh, right there. Oh, okay. I think you got to get an X-ray right away so we can really analyze what the core of the problem here, so I can see what we can do for you. Because right now, all I can see is some redness up there. Let's go deep on this thing. See." See, they, the doctor has it down. They've really nailed this idea of, of really addressing the problem. See, in sales, we're taught when we sense an opportunity, yeah, we go right into, I can help you with that. Yeah, and you, try and, be, and you try and be friendly. And you, can, and you can be a friendly and a trustworthy and, a, and have like a congenial disposition. That's, that's not the issue here. It's just, okay, so let's, let's, let's dive into this a little bit more. So... Forget about relationship building because it's 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 not. They can see right through it's it. Not the, it's not that things. you're disgenuine. It's that yeah. they believe you are being that way because it's inappropriate to go try and become friendly with someone who don't you don't even know. It's yeah, like I understand. Yeah. Okay. So what? Okay. So where does this process start? So let's walk through and I and actually just educate the the listeners. Who do you usually deal with? Are we talking about like? Uh, a founder that's trying to sell their product as a SaaS company, you're trying to sell professional services, coaching services, uh, like what, what is your sweet spot or is this universally applicable? No, yeah, everything you just listed out is ideal for this because our model focuses on specifically with clients who are in a low volume, high price point, high margin, high trust business. If you're in that quadrant up here, this is your savior. This will change your entire life, right? Because, see, we don't think about what model we're in. We just try and sell as much as we can. And most people are selling in a, in a how they should be in a low volume, in a high volume, low price point business. So this is really for the advisor, the consultant, the entrepreneur who's got a long-term high price point product. Okay. Okay. So then, okay. So then customer, either you're, you're reaching out to a customer. Or even customer maybe fills out like a lead form yeah, and calls you or sends an email. Yeah, exactly. So first call, first call with that customer. I'm assuming that's when it starts, or does it start even before in the marketing material? Or is that is that usually when it when it starts? Well, there is like, stuff like, on the marketing know? side, but we won't talk about that today. We'll talk about okay, that's another another day. We'll do that's another conversation. But but okay, so it, 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 it happens in all different crash. lanes, right? It's it's okay. it's the let's let's just say, for instance, there's the inbound lead fills out a form, right? Uh, you know, it's, and then you schedule, hopefully a consultation or a call with the, with the person. Um, and it, it rolls right into there because see what usually happens is they show up on zoom. Let's just say, for instance, you know, 
for the first call with someone who, who, who inquires through a lead or whatever, a referral. And how do those calls usually begin? Priori, you just start with, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet yeah. you. Where are you from? What do you do? Oh, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? And it got this whole thing going on, like this sort of like- a little bit. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn Jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn Jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
it's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers, they filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935 and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professional to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. About the pandemic, you talk a little bit about like work from home, you talk a little, yeah, you, <laughs> you know, you go through the whole like, this, the whole the whole spiel that everybody talks about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Like all the all the BS, not, well, it is kind of BS because you do with every single person and you've, and you've spoken about the pandemic and COVID and, you know, every single time for the next eight calls for that day. And it's the same conversation. It's And you can tell everybody's just tired of it but you do it anyways. You go through these motions. That's because we are taught by the gurus to build rapport, yeah. build a relationship, get them to like you and know you. Once they like and know you, then they'll buy from you. 
But they know it's all a game. They know with social norms they have to be nice to you. They know you're being nice to them. They know it's all fake anyways. But they play along with it, and you play along with it, and you wonder why at the end of the call they say to you, well, let me think about it. That's really great. Thank you so much. Let me talk to my partner about that. Call me next week. And we're like, oh, man, now i got to chase this guy. What went wrong? Well, what went wrong is the whole mindset of how you approach that phone call. Here's how the call should go. You show up on the call. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. And here's how you start the call. You say, you put the ball in their court like a doctor. You say, can you tell me a little bit about your situation, about your business model, and some of the challenges that you have right now that you're looking to solve? And we'll go from there. Are you okay with that? Does that sound good to you? And then you, you give them an open-ended question, and then they and you just let them talk. That, that's right. And now it's like it's had, the ball's in their court, right? And hello. They're now opening up, telling you where it hurts, telling you their problem. It's like the doctor and the patient. Telling you all, telling you here's their problem, da-da-da, right? And then what normally happens is if you do this little piece right, and they start telling you their problems, instinctively you're going to go, in your brain you go, oh, man. Perfect. He's qualified. Oh, yeah, baby. This, this is good. This is real. Oh, he's perfect for me. And you're going to go right into, well, let me show you Let me show what we got. I think we can help you with that. Absolutely. Yeah. See, we think we're done with our job. But what I teach my clients is what I call going down the iceberg with people. That means peel back and unpack their problem, amplify it, show them the impact of it, and see if they want to fix it or not. That's before you go into your solution. So, so first question is, can you tell me a little about your situation and your challenges and your background? We'll go from there. They open up. You grab one of the problems they've got. So they might say to you, I don't, I don't, what, what's a classic issue you might hear from one of your potential clients? They might say to you, if you ask like, oh, a classic issue. Um, I guess it depends on the product that I'm selling. But let's say it's like, uh, let's say it's marketing services. That's an easy one. Um, you know, I never, I never know how to measure. Uh, um, the 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 return on like the ROAS the return on ad spend the return on investment for something that I purchase like a marketing service like if I pay an influencer for example I don't know how to measure how that affects my brand and maybe I I'm a consultant or maybe I have a software that helps with that all right here's what you say the minute they tell you their problem you ready for this one yeah you say can you tell me a little bit more about that what and what are you doing there you're just doubling down so you feel like the first time they tell you they're not telling you everything no they're only telling you service level problems not the real truth it's an iceberg my friend and we're always at the top skimming skiing on top wondering what's all what's going on here you got to stop moving things forward you got to go down see we're so used to opportunity Damn, perfect. Let me tell you what I got. You're going to love it. It's great. See, we're so passionate about what we do. We love what we do. We can't help but to just jump in and save the person from their problem. Yeah. That's what we talked to do. Hold so Doctors don't provide medicine or prescriptions until they have fully diagnosed their problem. Otherwise, they go to jail. What do we do? Let me write you a prescription right away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. We just fumble the ball 
at the, before we can get halfway down the court. Because we're conditioned, we sense an opportunity to jump right in. So what you say instead is, you're absolutely right. You go, you peel it back. Can you tell me a bit more about that? And then they open up. And then all of a sudden you discover all these things. You say, well, how long has that been a problem for? Last six months? Wow. What do you suppose the impact of, of not measuring that connection is to your business? I mean, in terms of decisions that you make and how much you spend, what, what's the ROI if you can't measure that? Well, uh, that's, that's the problem. How much yeah. you spent so far on that on the influencer and that campaign? About $10,000 a month? Wow. Yeah. This is a serious problem. And here is the definitive question to ask. You're not done yet. You'd say, is this a priority for you to solve once and for all? Or you have to live with this long-term and, and live with the consequences? And, and here it is. I'm okay either way. They've got to own the problem before you're allowed to provide the solution. It's like a therapist and a patient. If the patient doesn't own their own issues, they're the worst patients in the world. You got to drag them through the therapy, right? But when what you got to make your customer own their own issue, because at the beginning, when they get to know you, they'll only give you a few breadcrumbs to keep the conversation going. And we just we take that. We're like, yeah, great, thank you so much. We we've never been taught before how to go peel the onion back and go real deep down their problem and stay in the role as long as we can until they say to you this. And here's the magic phrase. When they say this, you have permission to start talking. When they say, how can you help me? That's when you, that's when you can start talking. That's when they ask for it. So this is, un, this is uncomfortable. Obviously, this is uncomfortable for most salespeople because to sort of like summarize what we just went through, you ask open-ended questions, you shut up, you ask more open-ended questions, but you're just reinforcing and you're forcing that person, you're forcing that person to maybe even think deeper than they felt comfortable thinking about a problem. And that is, that's like very, so this is just something that I don't think there's any way to make it feel good unless you do it a lot. This is not a happy call, my friend. Yeah. We think I it's, nice to meet you. No, this is, they're in your clinic. You're a doctor. You're doing an x-ray on their problem. This is not a happy conversation because your job is to get to the truth of the source of the real problem because they won't tell you at the beginning because they don't trust you. It's your obligation to help them understand the gravity of their situation. Now, of course, on their own, they won't admit it to you because they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to say, man, I screwed up. 10,000 bucks a month out the window. I can't even measure it. I feel horrible right now. I'm with somebody. I'm not going to tell you this. They'll, but they'll tell someone they can trust that. Your job is to build deep trust with your prospects on your first conversation so you can see if they're fit or not with you. Not waste your time chasing ghosts. People don't call you back by being friendly. And here's the worst of it, doing free consulting and over-educating as a way of giving value. I tell my clients, stop giving value. Instead, provide clarity. Clarity on the issues. It's a very big difference. See, we're taught by everyone, oh, give value, over-deliver, give them a lot. And you know what? They'll hire you because you gave them so much information. The last thing they want to know from you is information. What they're asking themselves the entire time is this. Do I trust him? Do I trust him? 
Do I trust him? Do I? They don't care about how you solve their problem. What they care about first is, are you the one to solve it or not? And then when's the point where you feel like trust has been established? What are the cues or the signals that you have established trust? Sure. So when you say to, when you say to them, is this a priority for you to finally deal with this once and for all or, or live with it and deal with the consequences? And I'm okay either way. And they say to you, no, no, this is serious. We got we to gotta stop the losses here for sure. That's when you now have the permission to pivot to your side of the court. And then you say this, you say, well, if, if you'd be open to it, no languaging, ask, ask permission all the time. Don't just jump into it. Let me show you a demo. Woo-hoo! Let me show you some slides. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let me show you what I got. No, don't, don't jump into sales mode. And it's so easy to do that because we're so conditioned with that old mindset. You say, would you be okay if, if I walked through my, our framework or our roadmap for how we help people solve the problems you've got? Would that be okay with you? I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, as a leader, you're always on the lookout for more ways to arm yourself with knowledge. The books, the seminars, and most importantly, the podcasts that help you make the best possible decision for you, your company, your customers. Because when you know more, you can apply more and you can grow. With HubSpot CRM platform, you can store, track, manage, and report on all the tasks and activities that make up your relationships with customers. With a bird's eye view over all your customer interactions, HubSpot empowers your decision making like never before. So you can give your business and your customers all the good you've got. Learn how to make your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Now, to flip that, because that was an inside lead, and that's already an uncomfortable conversation. Now, if you're going outbound, yeah. I can only imagine this is even more difficult because I saw I, when I was flipping through your book, um, there was some notes about like gatekeeper. And this is all interesting stuff is like classic sales 101, how to deal with this stuff. So say you're cold calling somebody sure. and you don't have the decision maker. Sure. Uh, you don't have their information. You don't even know who it is yet. You're, tr- you're trying to get to that person. How do you establish trust as somebody who doesn't even have that problem? Yeah. So how do you establish trust on a cold call? Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Exa- yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's actually easier than the other one. Oh, that's okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, for me, that's like the bane of my existence. Like that seems like it would be the harder thing to do. Because, course, I don't know because you, the way you've been doing it has triggered resistance and pain. Yeah. And so Hugh feels painful. Our way triggers no resistance and no pain. So here's how it goes. Okay. The typical way is like this. Hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a, how are you today? Or do you have a couple minutes? That's that. When you say that to someone with a typical sales approach, it's over at hello. It's over right there because they associate you immediately with the stereotype. You, you've, it's, no, that's why it's so painful. Here's how we handle a call like that with our mindset and our languaging. It goes like this. So let's say the guy picks up the phone and says, his name's Scott. Hi, Scott. My name's Ari. And I'm hoping you can help me out for a moment. And you're going to ask what, what can I, like now, now I'm triggered to say like, what, what can of I course do? that's called a two way dialogue at hello. That's how you create a connection because they're going to, they don't know who you are. You could be the president. It could be the tax op. You could be a client. They, human nature. 
when you ask for help, is to say, how can I help you? As long as you deliver it with that tonality and that relaxed and calmness. If you say, hi, I'm hoping you can help me out for a moment, you're dead. Cut the energy out. Remove the pressure. Remove momentum from your sales process. Is that the secret? Is that is that that seems to be like a, a theme you're coming back to? Remove the momentum. Well, one of our core principles is the idea of always removing pressure from the process. And pressure is created by us that inadvertently puts momentum on them to move them where? Towards our goal. Our mindset shift is your goal is not the sale. Your goal is the truth. And trust of whether you can help them or not. It's a different trajectory. So when you shift your mindset, you let go of your goal, move them forward, and you focus on being present with them to create a human connection with them around their problem. That creates this bubble of vulnerability with you where they feel comfortable opening up to you and building real trust. Real trust is when they feel comfortable telling you their truth. Real trust is when they feel comfortable telling you their truth. And that's what you got to, that's what you got to get to. And that's what I call the bottom of the iceberg. That's what you got to get to on every sales call you have. Otherwise you're skimming the top playing what I call the numbers game. You know, the numbers game concept. Yeah, I know the numbers game concept, the volume <laughs> and velocity dial for dollars. The more contacts you make, yeah. the more sales you're going to make. That's like so 1980s, man. We, we discovered it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation. Not how many calls you make. There's a couple other classic ones. Remember this one? That the, uh, the, the, the sales always lost at the end of the process. You know, you had a deal pending. It all looked good. Yeah. It just like fell through. You're like, what happened? It was like the perfect sale. We discovered in this economy now, the sales now lost anymore at the end of the process. It's now lost at the beginning of the process. At hello. And that's that be, why is that though? Why is that? Because we think our job is to pull them from A to Z down our path as fast as possible because we think the sale is being made at the end. But what we don't realize is if you're not building trust with them in the beginning, the sale is lost right there. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example okay. using our approach. Let's say you're having a first call with somebody over the phone, okay? Either inboundly, whatever. Referral, great conversation, good chemistry, looks like a good fit, all they're interested, and the call kind of comes to a close after your first call. What do we normally say to someone at a call like that? We say in sales, we say things like, hey, how about we... Set up the call for another, like set up the next call, whatever. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been conditioned over the years to move things forward. Yeah. But what happens if you attempt to move someone forward and they aren't ready yet? In the beginning, what do you break with them right there early on? Well, you're gonna, you're gonna, they're gonna push back. They're gonna not, they're not gonna not, they're gonna either, they're gonna lie about jumping on the next call, saying like, yeah, sure, whatever, because they they feel pressure to do that, um, and they'll either jump on it and then have no, and then ghost you after that, or they'll just they'll just not show up to the next call. Correct. That's the cycle of pain begins right there, because they feel pressure from you that breaks the trust. So same scenario. But our mindset and our languaging, okay? Calls going well, good chemistry, could be a fit. Call comes to a close. Ryan's saying, hey, how about we move forward? What we say instead is this. We say, 
Where do you think we should go from here? Very, very, very clever. You just throw it back to them. You just always throw it back to them. You're letting them set their own pace. It's not about me. It's about them. And when you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? They're usually in a state of shock. They can't believe somebody invisible actually asked them what they want to do. They're so used to being pulled down the process. They know a mile away and it's over right there. And we're like, man, sales sucks. It's like so painful. It's so hard because you're still selling from the old conditioning that you believe the goal is the next step. That's not the goal. The goal is for them to say for them to say themselves, man, he just gets me. He understands my issue. I feel something about just you know when you meet someone and they just totally get you, you're like, man, he just yeah. gets me. That's what you not you, but whoever listened to this has to learn how to do. It is a new skill set. You don't know it now because if you're still selling how I've been talking about today, you're still in the old mindset. Now, you mentioned, okay, so let's see. What have we covered? We've covered, we've covered building trust. We've covered slowing down momentum, the difference between trust and relationship. Um, what other parts of the traditional sales cycle are broken? So I don't know if it's negotiation, if it's closing, if it's demo, like what else? And also like, what else do you work on? Like, are you, are you re redefining like the whole process? Is that your thing? Is that like what you're working on right now? And that's what you help clients with, or is there a certain thing that you specialize in? I is everything broken? <laughs> I, I, fundamentally, yes, but I specialize in one specific area and that is sales conversion only. Okay. How to convert the current leads that you have in one single conversation. No multiple steps, no follow-up, no next steps. It's called the one call sale system. I'm writing a book on that right now and I'm teaching this to my private clients and they're loving it. I set the bar for my private clients at a 100% conversion on every call if the person's qualified. If, well, if explain that, explain that though, because sure. like if there's other steps, like you have to have PO, if there's a PO issue. Yeah, I don't mean like a signed in. contract. I mean a verbal, yeah. yeah, we're gonna move forward. Okay, okay, okay. On the first right. call. So, Not so what, 20 call, steps later. Yeah, because like I'm just thinking like I'm tr I'm traditional enterprise B two B sales like yes you have all your steps you have all your steps mapped out you know every step is next step and the buyers like that's very normal. Um, so what is this one one call close? Because it seems like it's it's insane for somebody coming from an enterprise space to think like I could ever close a deal in one call. So how do you get through all those steps psychologically? You built the trust, and then how do you get them through to close? So that means you're hitting you're hitting discovery, demo, negotiation. And closing, like there's all in. No, there's no, call. there's no demo. No, no, I'm just saying that you're, you're. I'm going through all the steps that I, I usually. I know. <laughs> I know because you, those steps, are steps we think. We have to do. To build trust. 
I'm throwing a bomb here and saying that all those long sales cycles, the reason for a long sales cycle is because of a lack of trust. If you had built, not you, but if, if you can build enough trust with some uh, a decision maker on our first conversation, there is no long sales cycle. The reason we're in those cycles right now is because we've messed it up early on. We did the whole relationship thing. We did a demo early on. We didn't. We weren't the doctor. We are the sales guy. Hence, why we're now stuck in a long sales cycle chasing ghosts. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll just for fun. I'll, I'm going to ask your your listeners and, and viewers right now to take a verbal oath with me uh, to not a legal one, verbal one to remove one key phrase forever from the vocabulary as of this recording and never use it ever again in the world of sales. Now, this might hurt just a bit. Uh, for those folks who've been in sales for a long time. Is that all right? Yeah, do it. I, I love it. I love it. Listen, if it works, I don't think anyone's going to push back. You just got to challenge people. They got to, for anybody who's listening to this, like a lot of stuff that, you you know, that Ari's talking about, it, it's, it's, some of it makes sense, like immediately, like the, like the fact that you're, you you know, you're going like with your five whys and, and getting people to open up and you're not just taking surface level information and you're, and you're pushing them into an, almost like an uncomfortable uh, but very um, like candid conversation about their pain points. I think that's very important. I think that this this one call closed to me. Like, if if somebody can try it out, and I'm gonna try it out. And I'm gonna try some of these steps. Probably read more into the book and see if I can do it with some of my clients. Um, it's it's an uncomfortable thing to think about because obviously, if, ever, if you ever done large ticket deals, um, this is something that has never been discussed ever. It's not something that is normally ever taught in any sales book ever. The one call anything. I can see it for a smaller deal, that's pretty standard, but for larger, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I got to try it out. But the point is, if you don't try it out, you never know. So I am a firm believer in experimenting and trying different things. So if you have one, if you have one line that you think that everybody should get rid of right away, like, let's do it, let's try it, let's see what the results are. I'm just a data guy. Like, if it works, it works. I'm fine. All right, here it is. I'm going to ask everyone to never again use this phrase after this recording for the rest of their lives. And here it is. Never again use the phrase follow up ever again in your sales career. <laughs> all right. And if, I, if I had them all in a room and asked them to raise their hand, how many of you used the word follow up in the last few weeks? I have every hand going up. Who's written the email? Oh, exactly. Hi, I'm writing you to follow up. Hi, I'm calling a follow up. What's the only industry in the world that uses the word follow up? Sales. Sales. Hi, I'm just calling a follow up. But I don't know it's like you're killing your own sale. They're associating you with the negative salesperson stereotype. Because follow-up says I'm trying to move things where? Forward towards my goal. This commission, my sale. You're losing the sale right there. There's a few more classic ones from the 80s. Remember those classic ones? I'm giving you a call to touch base. Touch base, follow-up. Um, Checking yeah. in. Like, what are next steps? Like, Oh, my God. It's so 80s. And we're so stuck in that old conditioning with that old languaging, which kills the trust. Here's what you say instead. This comes right from our materials. You say, I'm just giving you a call to see if you have any feedback from our previous conversation. Any feedback from our last meeting. Any feedback from proposal. See, feedback's not going forward. It's going where? Backwards, away from the sale. 
When you move forward, you create momentum. When you create momentum, you put pressure on them. When you put pressure on them, you're chasing a ghost. Playing the numbers game. And if you want to live in that world and chase that painful situation, all the power to you. But there'll be certain people on this call who go, holy crap, where was RE 20 years ago, 10 years ago? Why am I still stuck in playing the numbers game when I could just shift the whole thing and play in a lower volume, higher conversion rate model and not chasing ghosts anymore? And it's totally doable. I'm doing it right now with my private clients and they're, they're kicking ass. Interesting. Very interesting. And then I want you to just give a little bit more context on the, how do you, how do you, because everything you've mentioned so far is all about not pushing things forward, slowing down momentum. So that in mind, how do you do a one call close when everything you're doing is not pushing things forward? Okay. So because on that, on that single conversation, there's no pressure. You're not, you're not, there's no close in our world, only open. Okay. And so there's no pressure. You don't pressure them to buy or say yes on that call. Cause if you do it right now, it's funny. You said that it's uncomfortable and awkward to do this. Now it might be for people who are used to the old relationship rubbing shoulders thing, but the clients not uncomfortable. He's like, this is great. Finally, Someone is willing to understand me. He's he's loving it. It's just uncomfortable for us because this is new. It's uh it's new yeah, territory. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is, if you go down the iceberg like I talked about earlier today, and you ask that question, those questions that I ask in those in that sequence, and then you ask some permission, would you would you be open to have me walking through how we can help you with this? And then you create what I call I develop a unique piece of IP, which is a game changer called a sales roadmap, which is a visual flow tool that you would show the prospect on your call of how you go about solving their problem. So it's it's different. It's a meta step. It's not like showing your demo, your product, or or discussing your services or your coaching program or your, your marketing service. It's not pitching your solution. It's a step in between that. It's called uh, it's like a, it's a visual roadmap where you walk them through the process for how you solve their problem. And you show them this visual tool and they're basically buying from you the roadmap. Because all they really want to know is, do you have a process to solve their problem? Mm -hmm. and, and are you the one to do it? They really don't care about like the details of how you track the website and how you do the statistics and, and how your software works. They, they're really not interested in that. Now, we think they are. See, we've been conditioned to believe that if we show them our solution, that's great. They're going to love it. But of course, when that happens, what happens from them? They say, well, let me think about it. Let me take yeah, it. I mean, yeah. That's why you have to lay off the idea that your goal is to show them your solution. It's not. It's to show them you have a roadmap to solve their problem. Because they're trusting you that your solution will solve their problem for that. So when you walk into that process, the roadmap, and you say to them, you know, what are your thoughts on the roadmap? And they look at the thing going, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. And you say to them this, you say, when they, when they, they, they're on board, you say, where do you think we should go from here? I love and it. They, and, I love they, it. They, and they, on their own, on their own, say to you, here it comes. How do we move forward with you? You're like, I love it. oh my God. 
no energy, no resistance, no pressure, because you handle them with respect and you stripped out everything that's sales oriented. And I'm going to call you the doctor pretty soon. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to just, I'm going to get closing thoughts from you on, on sales. And then I want to ask you some rapid fire career questions, but just to, to close off this piece, um, biggest, biggest misconception in sales. What is it? And how do you want sales to, how do you want to impact sales? What do you want your legacy to be on the world of sales? Okay. So the real shift here is not viewing your prospects as targets. Instead, you view them as human beings. People who have problems. People who want to trust someone to solve their problem. And when you think from that perspective, then you become more authentic. You become more human. You take off what I call your sales armor that you bring to work every day. You know the sales armor we have around us? from the bullets going our way to, to fight the fight. We're like, yeah, let's get going. We tear ourselves up. We'll get that phone. We're like, woo! Because we're so used to the fight, the resistance. And that wall around us makes us less authentic. If you can learn how to strip away that wall and be your natural self with people and really be empathetic, and here it comes, and this is my goal, my mission, is to have people who sell help their people they're trying to help feel that they care about them. How's that for a novel? Having your prospect feel that you care about them <laughs> at a level where they can trust you. And that's the missing piece of the equation that's never been taught in the history of selling is how to build that moment with people. And when that moment's built, you have a client for life. Amazing. Um, if people want to grab your book, check out more of your stuff, Website, social, all that stuff. Where should they go? Look, real simple. Just go to unlockthegame.com. All my books are there. Uh, free intros there. You can grab a consultation with us as well to unpack your situation. But I also have a, a live show I do once a month on LinkedIn called Stump the Guru, where you can jump in and try to ask me your toughest challenge like you've done with me today. And I'll help you coach you there for free as well. Uh, just connect with me on LinkedIn. Very accessible there. Say hello, connect, Tell, let me know where you met me here, and we'll have a chat. Amazing. Okay. I'll do some rapid fire career questions. Um, so you were working for companies. You went into your own consulting practice, obviously very successful at that. Now uh, you speak, you're an author, uh, you teach people how to actually sell properly. Um, but the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome in your personal or professional career, what was that? How did you overcome it? Well, I wouldn't say it's a challenge, but I will say it's a moment that made a real shift for me. And that's, and then when I sent you in the mail, uh, one of the books I sent you was a book called Lessons from Toby. And when my son was born, after about a day after he was born, we were told that he had Down syndrome. And at first, we didn't know what that meant to our lives. When we realized we had a gift on our hands. If you know someone who has Down syndrome, you know how beautiful they are. They're so loving. They're transparent. They just have no hidden agenda. And he's taught me so much about life, about being present with people, connecting with people. I wrote a book about him called Lessons from Toby, how to be centered in your personal business life. And he has become our role model, our, school, our mascot. Like, we need to be like him. In sales, we got to be honest, transparent, caring, open without a hidden agenda. And he has been life changing for me and my clients because he's the inspiration for how we view 
helping people. So that's going to dovetail into my second question. So you can choose Toby again, but the second question is, is one person who's had a huge impact on your life. Who was right. that and what did they teach you? Well, my, probably my dad, he was a psychologist. <laughs> Not so surprised there, right? A doctor. And uh, one thing he did say to me, he always said to me, Ari, if the crowd's going this direction, make sure you go that direction. Always be the contrarian. And I know right now people listening to this going, man, this guy's nuts. This is the opposite of how I've been taught to do things over the years. And I've learned that the world's become so commoditized today that you can't win the game anymore on trying to differentiate your solution because everyone's got similar solutions. But if you change the way you sell in a unique approach like this, this becomes your differentiation, how you become a category of one. Um, your favorite source to learn or grow podcast book that you recommend people go check out. I'd say check out Perry Marshall's 80-20 sales and marketing. That really made an impact on my thinking in terms of how I run my business and how I think about my ideal client. Amazing. Um, if you could tell your 20-year-old self one thing, what would it be? Well, I'll, I'll kind of tweet that, that message a little bit because people have always asked me on this question. On that, Remember the conference call I had 20 years ago? What would I do if I knew now 20 years ago on that call to have avoided that pain I went through? And I'll, I'll kind of use that answer real quick for that. And that, yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and that is that I never would have had the call. Because in the first call with the guy, I would have unpacked their agenda and made the decision whether it was worth my time or not to pursue it. I like that. That's good. Um, and last question. What does success mean to you? Success means helping as many people as possible my mission is to basically do that, to get them out of that dysfunctionality in that process of dehumanizing themselves, chasing ghosts and feeling horrible into the, the day. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. 
Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, 
drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 